All right, everybody, you have just tuned in to another edition of the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And we have a lot of information to get to tonight. And and I'm kind of going to go through this little checklist to start off things right away. Um, First and foremost, um, happy birthday to the Pittsburgh Steelers, the greatest franchise in the history of professional sports. Um, was born on this day in 1933, and um, I, in what can only be described as the coolest um, thing in the world, also sharing a birthday with the Steelers is a guy by the name of Jack Lambert, uh, mm-hmm. the great middle linebacker, number 58, the four-time Super Bowl winner. I mean, how perfect is it that he was born on the same day the Steelers were born? I, it just talk, talk about stars aligning, okay? Um, but uh, perhaps the most important news of all is uh, Ian is not with us tonight. Ian uh, and and his wife uh, brought a another child into the world, and and they have a daughter, and we're very excited for them. It was <laughs> to hear Ian tell the story is is very funny. Um, th- th- this was um, one of those, honey, I'm having the baby. Oh, there it is. Uh, type moments, and um, but everybody is doing well, and um, so he's quite busy right now. And in his stead tonight is Ellie Finnerty. She is joining us. And Ellie, how are you this evening? I'm doing very well, thank you. Oh, you're you're very well, and uh, I appreciate you not speaking in American. Everybody would have turned off the recording right at that point. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> well, they may have, uh, they and of course. Would. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, uh usual partner in crime, uh Ben. Uh Ben, how are things out there in Oregon? Uh heat wave, cold, what's going on out there? Uh it was a balmy seventy-five today. Oh. Light breeze, low humidity. That's eh, basically a West Coast day. I mean, I you see. Know. Uh, it was none of those things here. Uh ninth straight day of ninety degrees, and the humidity is creeping up. So good times here in the mitten. Um, lots and lots of things going on. And first and foremost, we, we hope that everybody's well. We know numbers of uh, positive COVID-19 cases are rising dramatically in many of the states that, that folks listen to us uh, from, and, and we just hope everybody's well. Um, but just a short time ago, uh, we record fairly late uh, in the evenings, and, and a short time ago, uh, the Steelers PR man, Burt Loughton, announced that... Um, the, the Steelers definitely will be um, enforcing social distancing at their home games, and they will be requiring all fans to wear a mask. Um, and, guys, this can only mean that, A, they still believe that a, uh, a regular season is going to happen, which is good, good news, um, mm-hmm. and just as important that there will be some fans there. Um but uh, Ellie, let me start with you. Let me let me ask you a question. Um, and maybe this yeah. is a really maybe this is a really stupid question. I don't know. Um, under the current situation, you've got tickets yeah. to see the the Steelers and the Ravens. Would you go, knowing what you know right now? Oh, yes, I would. I would. That probably... is the right answer. No, I'm kidding. I would probably need to just see what they mean by social distancing 
um, just to see what they actually require. But uh, if they ask me to wear a mask to watch the Steelers play, I will wear a mask. And and see, that point right there, and, and Ben, I'm going to have you jump in here too. It, it's very interesting. I saw a couple of, of pro athletes mention something very similar to that today on social media. They said, if you would please wear a mask, please do it for us. Because if you wear a mask, there's a better chance that we get to play for you. And mm-hmm. to me, that's a no-brainer. I have no problem wearing a mask. And when you put it like that, I'm even more enticed to wear it because I want sports. Um, yeah. And, and, and so, Ben, I, I know you'd be there, right? You wouldn't hesitate. Yeah, I'd go. I'd be more concerned about flying than I would be, I'd be about, uh-huh. about uh, being in the stadium. That's You're outside. The risk is mitigated by the fact that you're outside. They're going mm-hmm. to require social distancing anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably, you know, would want to take some hand sanitizer with you. Uh, you know, I, I would anyway. Um, public bathrooms, you know, and all that. <laughs> um, I mean, because you know, once you're drinking those fifteen dollar beers in the stadium, you got to keep running back to the bathroom. I mean, that you know, <laughs> that happens. Yes, um, it does. So yeah, so uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be concerned about it. Um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be a lot more concerned about flying, and obviously mm-hmm. that would be a requirement because I live in Portland, Oregon. So yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, would I do it anyway? Yeah, I would. I won't lie. I would. Um, I have a training mask that has a carbon filter on it and oh, nice. has, a, has an outward port. Mm-hmm. I'd probably wear that on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like this big Darth Vader thing. Well, I, I would not wear that in a stadium because it yeah. would look ridiculous. But, um, yeah, outside, my biggest concern would be travel. Uh, oh, I agree because, with you. And also because airports yeah. are filthy, man. Airports are just nasty mm-hmm. by nature. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah and and you know, I, I I think I speak for both of you. I mean, if you told me today that if I that, that look, uh, you wear a mask everywhere you go outside of your home, and and you know every day. And we're gonna we're gonna be able to get this season going. And it to me, it's a no brainer. I'm more than willing to do that. I, I understand there are people that don't like wearing them. I understand that there are people that that believe they don't breathe well with them on. Whatever, okay. But selfishly, if it gets me my Steelers and it gets me um, um, the the that that feeling of getting away from all this negativity and watching some sports that I love. Um, that I'm all for it, and I'm willing to do Swearing it. at Ravens fans during the See, game. Yes, yes, you know. yes, all, all that stuff. All that camaraderie that that event brings to, you know. Oh, I would, I, your family. Right now, I would be more, <laughs> I, I would be more than fine if I was insulted by a Ravens fan right now. I would feel so good about it, you know. Right, um, it would because, feel normal. Yeah, let's just get back to that, you know. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Um, in, in in all seriousness, um, I don't know. And, and, and Ellie, I don't know. Have you, Ellie, have you seen any of the um, the Premier League games uh, back back in the UK since they've uh, restarted? Yeah, we've been watching them. Um, I've been watching some of the Tottenham games with my dad. Okay, and and so what what are your thoughts when you watch that? Now, now the the network, I know MSNBC, or excuse me, um, NBC Sports Network is piping yeah. in 
the, they're piping in the sound as if a st- the stands are full. Okay. Yeah. W- what has been your reaction watching that? Because the possibility exists. That's what we're looking at. We could be watching a Steelers game where there are very few, if any, terrible towels in the stands. And and, and to me, that's crazy, but it's still football. So, I mean, what, what have you taken from watching the Premier League? Well, I actually tried watching both because they offer, there's another station, can't remember which one, that offers it without the sound. Right. Um, and I instantly had to turn back to the one with the fake crowd noise because <laughs> it just felt yeah it just felt more realistic and it just felt more normal to me and i guess that's the 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 concern is mm-hmm. it won't it won't be normal the difference though between premier league foot uh oh i just said football people are going to hate me premier league <laughs> soccer <laughs> premier league soccer and yeah. um the nfl is so many more fans in nfl stadiums so oh, it's going to be a much more obvious lack of presence than in um, a soccer field, a, a soccer a soccer stadium because they um, zoom in on the game. You can mm-hmm. only see the first few rows. That's whereas true. during the NFL, we constantly are getting these big, beautiful, zoomed out views of the terrible towels during Renegade, and right. we get lots of different images of Browns fans hanging their heads in shame. And I'm going to miss that. <laughs> Wow. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, no, it, 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 everything you just said is is spot on. And I, like I said, I'm, I don't care. I'm willing to do it. Just if, if we get football, yeah, it's going to suck with yeah. the fans. But um, it, it, what I have found fascinating, I guess this is the dork or the nerd part of me, is the guy or gal who has to control what sounds come across. You have to be really paying attention to the game. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, because if there's a shot that just goes wide, you hit that Ooh button, you know, something like that. And so, yeah, I've been thinking what that's going to sound like in the NFL, you know, if, if they pipe in that kind of thing. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll move on from that. Uh, Ben, as of right now, the NFL is scheduled to play just two preseason games. Each team will have a home game. Each team will have an away game. Um, and and do we know for sure which games those will be? Are the Steelers keeping weeks two and three? Is that what they're doing? Well, let, let's go back to what we were talking about a minute ago with the crowd noise thing. Sure. I'm with you in so much as I think that trying to do fake crowd noise at an NFL game would just be corny. Yeah. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it would just be dumb. And I don't think we're going to see a lot of wide-angle shots. They'll just change the – angle the cameras and we won't see much of the empty stands and it'll be what it'll be uh but there are going to be some advantages scuttlebutt anyway yeah we're talking about miking up the quarterbacks and miking up a couple defenders so that you can hear the, the calls in the field now i wonder what what someone like a seahawks fan must feel because they're known as the 12th man right and the whole yep. point of their their fandom is that they play a role. You know, they yeah. get loud during yeah. the, the I've, opposition. I've been to a time. game. I've been to a game in that stadium. It is incredibly it loud. Is. It is ridiculously loud. My ears rung yeah. for two days afterward. Um, and yeah, basically, if you're a Seahawks fan, you're not going to like it because it's going to take away home field advantage. You're not going to have it yeah. anymore. Um, yeah. And it would have 
before at Three Rivers where they had that old old style uh, donut stadium where yep, yep. sound just reverberated in there. It was just so much louder yeah. than Heinz Field is. Heinz Field's got that open end and it lets all that sound out. Uh, and it, it's, Heinz can get loud, but not not like Three Rivers used to. No, Three Rivers mm-hmm. got so loud that it literally fell apart at one point. It, it vibrated and <laughs> a, a section, a chunk of the stadium fell off in the 90s. I'm not kidding. Yes, it did. Um, wow. Yeah. Worth it. I mean, it, it was cr- Yeah, totally worth it. And nobody got hurt. So Thankfully, you know. right. right. Yeah. Okay, no yeah, good, deal. good. Um, <laughs> My bad. But uh, yeah, you know, it's just, you're, you're going to see varying levels, like dome stadiums, those teams are going to lose their home field advantage. Yeah. And, yeah. and people aren't going to like it for that reason. And I get that. But by the same token, piping and noise is just so corny. And if you are the guy who's controlling the noise, you're going to make it louder during yeah. certain points of the game to try and, and give a disadvantage to the visiting team, which I guess, you know, you would do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if there were fans in the stands. But by the same token, this is one guy controlling that. And he's going to make it quieter when the home field's on the team to try and make it easier for them. It's just, I, I'm not I'm not really a fan of that idea. Right. I, I right. think it's oh, dumb. So they're, they're going to pump it into the actual stadium because I thought it was going to be like soccer where it's only being played for people at home watching on TV. I don't know what they're going to and- do. I'm just talking about what what the proposals are at this point. Um, I have no idea what they're going to do, but there is there is some talk that they are going to try to mic up the quarterbacks so you can hear the calls yeah. on the broadcast, and you know ha- calls after they get out of the huddle. So when they're when they're sitting there and they're mm-hmm. audibling, they're making changes mm-hmm. and they're changing the fits on defense. You're going to be able to hear the middle linebacker make those calls, and you're going to be able to hear the quarterback doing the audible and changing. I I don't know that. I am really a big fan of that idea, but they're trying to do whatever they can to enhance the fan experience. Sure. So they mm-hmm. might do it. Then you're just going to have to change calls like every week because well, people are going to pick up on that. Well, as a, as a fan, Ben, I love it. But then you're exactly right. That's the problem. Now, if I'm the team, though, I've got to change up every week because it's pretty easy to know what's going on um, if, if yeah. you're the, the next week's opponent. And as far as as missing, you know, shots of Browns fans hanging their heads in shame, <laughs> they're accustomed to losing, guys. They're they are accustomed to coming Brown paper into bags. a stadium with the playoffs on the line and losing to a four string quarterback. This is this is old hat for them. This is not a big deal, honestly. I know, but it's so nice to see. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't. I don't think this is even anything that, I mean, they've, they've experienced 0 and 16. I mean, can it be any more humiliating? Honestly, I know a guy who bought tickets at the Brown stadium that season for six bucks. Yes. My neighbor did dollars. Yep. Oh, wow. My, my neighbor took his entire family four four people to a Browns. I believe it was the chargers towards the end of the 0-16 season, maybe a year before that when they were like two and whatever, uh, but but they they spent less than $60 in the stadium. That's tickets, concessions, everything. Oh, wow. I would think it would be a regular price. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, wow. But, but, crazy. Yeah, yeah. They um, actually paid for that? <laughs> 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 uh, 
pardon me. Um, that's Sorry. funny. That's no, that's funny. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to the Browns in, in a little while. Um, but as we were talking, the, the Steelers do have the, the two scheduled preseason games. The, the NFLPA mm-hmm. Players Association has come forward and said, you know, we really don't want any preseason games. They, they mm-hmm. just feel like it's not worth the risk. The preseason games for many of the players, not all, but many of the players doesn't mean much. Um, you know, Ellie, put yourself in, in their position, put yourself in the position mm-hmm. of an owner who, who you, you do make some money off those games. I, I mean, what, what is your feeling on, uh, should, should we just scrap it and go right to the regular season? What would you like to see happen? It, it's a difficult one because if you are scrapping them to reduce the risk of players catching mm-hmm. COVID-19, What's the difference, the difference, honestly, between catching it in the first preseason game and the first regular season game is that that first regular season game, losing them for two weeks or however long it takes for you to test negative again Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is huge compared to the preseason. But that being said, you can catch it in preseason, you can catch it in the regular season. Does it really make any difference? You know, what are you really trying to protect them from? players from by lessening those games if it's really only about the virus unfortunately the risk is always going to be there but at the same time i do understand where the nflpa is coming from Mm -hmm. in scrapping them to reduce the risk of contact by two games you know okay two less maybe we're doing something to prevent an outbreak or a spread throughout the nfl perhaps i don't Mm -hmm. really know why they want to scrap them, but I un- but I can see an argument for it, and I've seen players uh, make an argument for it. Um, so I wasn't that I wasn't surprised, and I wouldn't be surprised if we lost the other two preseason games and went straight into the regular season. Yeah, I, I think you make a very good point about the timing because the the mm-hmm. common the common refrain has been that two weeks is what's needed. And yeah, if, if I'm a coach, um, I definitely would rather my guy missed those final two weeks of preseason than important regular season games that count, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but you know, and, and Ben, you know, this too, coaches demand those preseason games. They have to evaluate players. I mean, how especially how, young players I mean, exactly preseason is really valuable for building yep. your roster long term yep. and there are going to be young players that aren't going to make the team that get cut that otherwise would have made the team this year because they are unknown quantities and that's so true being, being that guy you know on the bubble that's that's really tough this year. So I I feel for those guys, and yeah. the NFLPA isn't taking that into consideration. The over overarching point here is that the NFL and the NFLPA still have a lot of things to work out, and we're supposed to report to camp in less than three weeks. Yep, mm-hmm. it's a little ridiculous. I'm in my opinion, they should be they should be working on this stuff every day, like it's the CBA, and maybe they are, and they're just keeping it secret. But man, it, it's it doesn't feel like it right now. Um, there seem to be new developments daily. Well, and the other thing we need to consider, you know, yeah, take into consideration is this: 
Ellie mentioned that if someone tests positive, they're going to be yanked out for two weeks. Yeah, but right now, protocol with contact tracing is that you quarantine everybody that that person is coming to contact with for two weeks. So if they have Mm -hmm. an outbreak on the team, let's just say, I don't know, seven guys test positive. The whole team could be quarantined for two weeks. And that's, that's the thing they're talking about as it relates to baseball already. Yes. Yep. You know, whether or not that's going to be a reality and it's going to end up canceling sports for the year because teams are going to have to forfeit games because they don't have a a team to field. Uh, And that could happen in the NFL. So I don't really know what to expect here. I don't know how to make it, you know, be a thing Mm -hmm. where these guys aren't going to have to worry about it. Um, They have families at home. If their kids are in daycare, you know, kids pass around diseases like Rastafarians pass around joints at concerts. (laughs) And, you know, I, I, I just think eventually somebody's going to get sick and I I don't know how they can't for all I know, you know, let's just say 10 guys test positive from the Eagles the day after the Steelers game. And they played in Pittsburgh on Sunday. Now what do do we quarantine both teams because they just played a game, you know, and there's a flip side of it. These guys are professional athletes. They're in good shape. They have, they should in theory, anyway, have very strong immune systems mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. be resistant to this. So I, I just, I don't know what to expect exactly. I'm, uh, I'm a little bit bewildered still at this point as to whether or not there's going to be a season and whether or not there will be fans in the stands at all. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to be optimistic. I hope yeah. there will at least be football. If we have to choose between fans in the stands and no football, no fans. <laughs> yeah. No brainer. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, Ellie, one of the things I've heard a lot of guys talk about in all the sports, whether it be hockey, mm-hmm. basketball, baseball, football, is, you know, some of the guys have said, you know, look, I, I, I'm worried about my family. Um, yeah. You know, how, how would you approach that? I, I mean, do do you, do you, do you support your your loved one and say, I know this is what you worked so hard to do? And, and I mean, especially for the, the, the guys that Ben mentioned, you know, those bubble players who who or maybe guys that have been in the league a few years and every single year it's just right down to the line of the 52nd or 53rd guy. I, yeah. I mean, do you know what I mean? How do you approach that in terms of the health risk versus I just need to go play? You know, this is something that I really thought that they'd have come up with a solution for a while ago because, mm-hmm. like Ben said, we're less than three weeks until camp. Was that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we still have no idea. And those players that have these big what ifs hanging over their head, <sighs> you know, that is a yeah. point where you are basically saying, do I sacrifice my health for my job? Um mm-hmm which so many people are doing already. So, you know, this isn't, this is something that millions of people are already dealing with. And now on top of that, you're asking another bunch of people to make that sacrifice on a different level. And I, I just don't know. I don't know how you, I don't, I have no idea. You know, I was just yeah. thinking about it when you were talking about it, about 
how you're right. Those preseason games are the difference between making the 53 and not making the 53 for dozens of players. And now we're saying that we may not have that opportunity to to give them mm-hmm. that chance. Would they want that chance? Do you put it to the players and say, do you want to play these preseason games? <laughs> but then the... It, it, that's such a difficult one. I, I, I don't actually have an answer. No, and, and neither I... Does I the, and no, neither does the NFL, apparently. No, and I, and I, I think you're being honest. I think this is exactly yeah. where, where a lot of people are uh, right now. And, you know, Ben, to, to that sort of point, uh, you know, my first wind of this was when Devin Bush tweeted uh, about 35%. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Do you know, and you, you kind of <laughs> figure things out. I'm not a, I'm not a mathematical genius by any stretch, but I kind of figured out what he was getting at. What is it that the owners have allegedly proposed to the players in the last 24 hours? Uh, it's not alleged. Um, well, look, yeah. I, I understand the owner's proposal. And I also understand why the players are going, oh, hell no, no way. Yeah. The, the, re- the risk has increased this year and you guys want us to take a pay cut? Okay, so the owners have gone to the NFLPA and said, look, You're getting half the pie. Mm-hmm. You get 50%, we get 50%. We want you to assume 50% of the risk. And the way we want you to do that is we want the players to take 35% of their salaries each week and put it in escrow. And if we... As a result of this virus, we're going to use that fund. Mm-hmm. And I, my understanding is that the NFL would match that fund dollar for dollar. Okay. Ben, did I lose you? Yeah, I think I lost Ben there. Um, um, yeah, I, I, lo- I lost you for a minute there, Ben. Go ahead and just kind of re- re- go over what you were talking about. You there? Yeah, yeah, we're here. We We lost you for about five seconds. Okay, so basically, oh, great. Okay. Did I, did I lose you again? No, I'm still here. Okay. So so basically you were saying the owners will put this in the escrow. The owners, the owners will match it dollar yeah. for dollar, supposedly. Yeah, yeah Uber okay. conference has given us problems. Yeah. Um, and if they should do that, mm-hmm. there'll be a slush fund there to address additional costs and lo- and lost revenues. Right. Okay. Uh, the players, by the same token, are just going, yeah, um, no, this isn't the time to spring this on us. You should have come to us with this, you know, six weeks ago or two months. Yeah. Long yeah, time. we, we want to go to work, but you're trying to – we're not going to show up and play until this is hammered out. So I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I can understand from D. Smith's perspective how difficult this will be to sell. Mm-hmm. And I also think he should try and sell it. Really? If they if they really are partners with the NFL, he's got to try to sell it to his constituents. I don't anticipate the players swallowing this. I do not see it happening. But an attempt should be made, in my opinion, because it, 
straight up it's business yeah it's just it, flat it out is. business and there definitely will be lost revenues there definitely oh. will be increased costs as a result of what's going on and you know it's it's probably gonna impact a lot of things and if they don't take some measures this year mm-hmm. to try and and address that the repercussions mm-hmm. will felt into the next season and the one after it's just again it's just business and yeah. you know it's got to be explained to those guys that way i don't i don't know how many of them will really understand it i mean i'll give you an example antonio brown didn't realize his agent got paid three percent of his contract before taxes <laughs> How the hell can you be a professional athlete for 10 years and not know that? But he didn't know and got pissed off when he found out. How dare you take my 3%? <laughs> God. Uh, I, you know, and one thing I do want to point out is that, you know, Devin Bush, when he, when he tweeted the, the, the piece that you were just talking about, he took a lot of crap from Steelers fans, you know, about, oh, well, I haven't been, on, I haven't been in work in months and, quit whining and and you know some people even took it all the way to the whole you better stand for the flag stuff and I'm like oh my god um oh boy. But, but one thing I and I can only speak for myself personally I, I and, and I talk to my own kids about this and stuff and you know you, you got to put yourself in somebody else's shoes um before you start going off verbally and espousing what you think they should do and everything else and 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 I thought the kid, and I say kid, I you know Devin Bush is a young man, um, twenty one. Yeah, he's twenty one years old, and and I, I thought he handled himself very very well. I thought he gave some really good responses um, mm-hmm. about the fact that he is an entertainer. He works his tail off, you know, and and and, and nothing he said was false. And um, you know, so I, I guess people are just going to have to recognize that, that the money aspect and Ben, as you pointed out, it's a business. Um, it's not going away and, and it's going to be an issue. And and I know Ellie, you mentioned too, why haven't they been doing this a long time ago? Um, it's almost like, yeah. It crept, yeah, crept up on them. And, and now it's like, Oh geez. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I think, yeah. I think the the thing that people need to realize, and I point this out to people all the time and they don't fucking care, but, that's yeah. like most things with finances and NFL people that don't understand it. Right. Most of them don't want to gain an understanding, which is fine. But if you don't want to gain an understanding, don't fucking bitch. Right. Seriously. Absolutely. Do not complain. Um, if, if the owners pay less to the players, they're not going to give that back to you in reduced concessions and ticket prices. They're going to pocket it. You know, Mike Brown is a prime example. Um, the Raiders were a, a prime example for years. They probably won't be anymore because they moved to yeah. Vegas. But these teams didn't pay anybody and then kept the additional revenues for themselves. Mm-hmm. This is not mm-hmm. this is not a, a zero-sum game where, you know, it's like, oh, well, we're paying our players less, so we're going to lower ticket prices. No, hell no. That's not happening. So you compare your life and your income in your industry to what those guys can make and and react with resentment it's ridiculous it it's like comparing apples and oranges literally because sure they've got to not only do they have to make as much money as they can inside a finite window because yeah. nfl careers on average aren't that long Mm-mm. 
Unless you pop they, behind. <laughs> they also need to make sure that they are taking as big a piece of the pie as they can because mm-hmm. the en- the owners are going to keep as much as they possibly can, and they're not giving anything back to the fans. It ain't happening. So right. it's not like the players are the bad guy here. No, and 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 we're seeing this across the board and and in a number of different uh, worlds, whether it be the sports world or in, and obviously in, in government and education, and, and and we're just seeing this all over, and it's all a residual effect of what's happening with the pandemic. So, I, I did want to take a few minutes um, to talk some actual football stuff here, and and I know it's been hard just because of everything going on, football. but before I do that, uh, I know, believe it or not. Um, don't forget, we are sponsored uh, very proudly by Deck Roofing, uh, serving Broward County and the Southern Palm Beach counties of Florida. Whether it's commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact Deck Roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com. Um, Chase Claypool, um, you know, those, those rookies, and he, he was obviously the first one that, that the Steelers drafted in, in back in April. Um, you know, uh, I want to first give a shout out to Kel, um, our our kind of our new uh, videographer, if you will. She threw this yeah. together. Yeah. And she did a really, really nice job with the highlight video of Chase Claypool. She's got some music mm-hmm. on it. I mean, I, I mean, it's it's awesome. And check it out on our YouTube page. But, um, you know, Ellie, I, you know, we, we have some wide receivers. I, I mean, assuming yeah. we go ahead and see this season. What do you think he can do? What what are what are you thinking for Chase Claypool? And 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 so at the end of the year, you can say that dude's going to be awesome. Oh, you know, I remember um, when we drafted him, and there was somebody who put out um, a tweet about him being was it the top receiver in the draft class to have the most catches over 20 yards or something like that. I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Step. And, like, I had this vision of Ben just throwing these rockets across the field and Chase Claypool being the one to catch them at the end. Mm-hmm. And if we could just get one of those, I think I would probably, like, clap <laughs> my hands and say, consider that a done deal. That was good. Well worth the pick. Like, I love that one. I would love to see that. But outside of, of, of something that awesome, I do see him having, I would love to see him have a huge part of, of special teams, especially if we do utilize um, Deontay Johnson um, more as a receiver and, and I could see maybe Chase Claypool becoming more of a special teams kind of a dominant guy, at least in his first year. I mm-hmm. think that's something the Steelers do do pretty often. That would be brilliant. And then you remember we did bring in Dion Payne last season, and he was a big yes. guy, and we, we utilized his size a few times. Mm-hmm. And maybe Chase Claypool could step into his role as well and be a similar kind of receiver, um, making these kind of big impact plays where necessary, utilizing his size. He's also really fast. You know, he's kind of a unicorn. You don't get as many tall, big, fast players these days. You kind of get these like little nifty guys that are kind of 5'10 and below making super speedy catches. He could potentially do that. And he's clearly been working very hard. We've been seeing it on on social media. So I could see a Dion Kane kind of style for him, um, which 
would probably mean we'd lose Deion Kane, which hopefully he's I got better hands than Deion Kane. Uh, yeah, and I like Deion Kane, but yeah, yeah, I, I I think he does. And and just again another plug: check out check out the YouTube page, Steel City Blitz YouTube page, and and you'll see the video. And like I said, Kel did a great job. She she yeah, focused she on on not only his combat catches but also. Uh, uh, running after the catch. I mean, she's got a little bit of everything in there, so so check yeah. that out. You know, Ben, where, where where do you see him? I mean, there's James Washington, there's Deontay, as Ellie mentioned, obviously Juju. I mean, uh, you know, where where do you fit this kid in? I think we should bear in mind that he's going to, at the at least, enter the season as a number four receiver. So mm-hmm. he's not going to mm-hmm. get a, a ton of snaps, especially now. Yeah, but I think it's realistic, truly for him to have like 30 catches and, you know, over 400 yards. Um, And as far as playing special teams go, I don't know how much of his film you guys have watched, but he is an absolute bully when it comes to defensive backs. Yeah. That was the the first thing I said when they drafted him, he is a bully and I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. And yeah, combat catches are going to be a specialty. Um, he high points the ball well. He's got good hands. Deion Kane does not. Um, he is a physical guy. 6'4", about 240, super mm-hmm. lean. Uh, he's got good leaping ability. He's fast off the line. Um, I think he can work on his route running a little bit, yeah. get a little bit sharper. But, you know, that's going to come with time. Um yep. I'm not super concerned about that. I just want him to get in, learn the system. That's another thing. He's going to be at a disadvantage because massive. He hasn't yeah. had mini camp. He hasn't had OTAs. They haven't had you know the rookie mini camp. Nothing. He yeah. hasn't. I don't know how much work he's had with Ben. If he's had any, you know. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. You know, and it's it's difficult. Steve Young, who I'm not a, a huge fan of as as a you know as a commentator, but he yeah. made a really good point a long time ago. He said, you know, the relationship between a quarterback and a wide receiver is like a dance. You yeah. both know what the other one is going to do at all times, and you're both in tempo with one another. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. takes some time to build that. And he's going to be at a disadvantage going into the season as it relates to his relationship with Ben that way. And it's going to take some time to build, but I still think 30 catches, 25, 30 catches this year is realistic and absolutely Mm -hmm. he'll play special teams. And yeah, I won't be surprised if he's not a very good special teams player. I hope Deontay Johnson, since you brought it up is the punt returner again. I really hope so. Yeah. But I like him there too. I kind of wonder how long that's going to last because I, I think that by the end of the year, he may very well be the number one receiver. Yeah, I I tend to think things are skewing in that direction as well. And and uh, as we wrap things up here on the uh, Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast, um, I, I did want to shift into just one more thing. And, and that one more thing is um, the Browns fans on Twitter this week, especially. Um, I, I, why do they this come week? after Steelers fans, Ali? Why do they come after us? Because this week... I, well, I, I, all the two time years, for whatever two years. reason, I know back to back off season paper champions. I, uh, How many Ellie, you do as well as anyone I've seen on Twitter as uh, at just avoiding the crap. Um, 
But but I, I mean, why do they keep coming after us? I mean, they rip on us for all these things, and it's like it sounds like hey, you're whining, Mark. I'm not. Have really you looked in the mirror, people? You know, <laughs> I, that's what I keep coming back to. I mean, what, what goes through your head, Ellie? The main reason, honestly, there are two main reasons why I avoid them. Number uh-huh. one, it's exactly what they want, and uh. I refuse to give them what they want because they love it. It's like, it brings them yeah. such joy. Yeah. It's a drug. Um, I, yeah. They absolutely adore it. They actually, I saw a Browns fan say, it's been a really great day for Browns Twitter today. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. What a reach. The second thing, <laughs> the second reason is because Browns fans, the, the team certainly gives them very little to work with. True. There's only so much of the, back and forth that focuses on sports before it gets personal and in my opinion the very minute someone gets personal you have won the argument because they have nothing left to work with in terms of their team so therefore you've won the very second someone says something about your appearance or anything of personal I consider okay I'm walking away because I've won this one because you have nothing left to give me you all you can do is go personal and I know it works both on both ways but that's honestly that's honestly how I feel as soon as I see someone say something offensive about somebody's looks or their personality whatever I'm like you won that one dude because they have nothing left to give you so all they can do is get personal and for me I'm not going to entertain it it's it's ridiculous well, I think that's perfectly well said. Ben, you got like one minute to chime in. I just don't get it. I, I think it's pathetic. Uh, I used to feel sorry for Browns fans because I thought they were really good fans that had uh, yeah. a bunch of really shitty owners. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the last couple of years, at least on social media, their fans have just been jackasses. And they come back and say, well, Steelers fans are jackasses. Okay, well, I wasn't a jackass to you, so I I don't really get where this is coming from. But <laughs> have a nice day, enjoy another six and ten season, and your head coach getting fired. And I'll go ahead and time changing my uh, the filter on my uh, furnace out for every time your coach gets fired. Thanks. Oh my god! <laughs> and there's some accuracy in that. Uh, <laughs> we're going to wrap things up here. Uh, Once again, thanks for listening and uh, make sure you hit the website, steelcityblitz.com on Twitter at SC blitz. And of course, facebook.com slash steel city blitz. We're on Instagram too. You can see lots of cool grilling pics um, amongst other weird things, but uh, weird. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Thanks uh, to both uh, Ben and Ellie for joining me tonight. And again, congratulations to Ian and his wife on the birth of their daughter. And uh, we will, we will get out of here until next time. And we're signing off and Hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck. (laughs) 